You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview authors of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 166. In this episode of the podcast, I welcome back the amazing co-author duo of Andrews and Wilson. Together, they have written several best-selling military thriller, uh, covert-op, action-adventure-type thriller series, including the uh, Tier 1 books, and they've also been selected to bring back Webb Griffin's uh, Presidential Agent series with uh, Rogue Asset, which will be published uh, in December. Their latest book is Dark Intercept, which is an action-packed, page-turning thriller, but it also deals with the intriguing questions of uh, spirituality and the human condition. It's a fantastic genre mashup. Uh, it's part military thriller, vigilante justice a little bit of supernatural meshed into it it's a, it's a great book i really enjoyed it a lot i uh, highly recommend uh, you check that out uh, it'll be published on september 7th uh, so go give that a try before we get to the interview a quick word about masterclass offering online classes created for students of all skill levels with instructors that are the best in the world go to thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass to check that out uh, become a better writer with the uh, Masterclass Annual Membership. You'll gain access to exclusive video lessons taught by literary masters, including Neil Gaiman, David Baldacci, Walter Mosley, Dan Brown, Margaret Atwood, and James Patterson. Uh, just to name a few, there's a lot more. Uh, so go over to thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass to check that out by signing up via that link. It supports this uh, podcast financially, so I thank you. All right, so here's my interview with Brian Andrews and Jeffrey Wilson. Hi, everybody. This is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author. And on the podcast today, I am welcoming back Andrews and Wilson, who are the best-selling writing team of Brian Andrews and Jeffrey Wilson, authors of, of several series. We were just discussing this off before I hit the record button. They have five series going. They have Shepherds, the Shepherd series, Tier 1, Sons of Valor, uh, Rogue Asset, the ninth book of the W.E.B. Griffith Presidential Agent Series is coming out. And so they write uh, action-adventure, covert operation novels, uh, which honor the heroic men and women who serve in the military and in intelligence communities. Always fun to talk to these guys. Uh, the latest book, Dark Intercept, will be available on September 7th. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us back. It's always good to talk to you, Alan. And yeah, you yeah. did your homework, Alan. You got all the books. You didn't leave anything <laughs> out. I love your guys' work, so uh, I was excited to, to read it. And um, Dark Intercept is... Uh, is no different. I just finished it yesterday, really enjoyed it. Um, so we'll get into that. Uh, so, so Dark Intercept. So this is the first of three novels, right? For the, for the Shepherd series? Well, we at least three, we hope. <laughs> Starting <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the first book in a new series um, called The Shepherds and Dark Intercept is book one. So yeah, we're super excited to get it out there. And so can you give us a, an overview of the series? Yeah, Jeff, why don't you take that one? And then I'll sure. chime in on the next question, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so the, the series is something we actually have been playing around with for a few years, Alan. It's a it's an idea that we had. But, you know, as, as you know, we've got kind of a lot of different things going on. So um, we sort of brainstormed it out and even wrote a 50 pages or so. And it was sitting in a drawer ready to go. And when the opportunity presented itself, we were super excited to be able to move forward with it. Um, so the premise of the Shepherd series is this idea that there is unseen forces of good and evil at battle with one another in the background of all that we see in the world. So I think that right now, uh, the last few years, especially with all the chaos that we see in the world and violence and terrorism and pandemics, and it's actually not difficult to imagine 
this struggle between good and evil going on. And so our premise was, what if, and as you know, we've talked about this so many times on your show, we always start every series and every book with that what if question. What if there was a covert operations team that was working worldwide, a global unit that was working on that aspect of the problem. And I don't want to tell too much, uh, you know, and, and spoil the spoil the first book, but um, what if there was this covert team? And so we launched the series in Dark Intercept with uh, our hero, Jedediah Johnson, who is a uh, retired Navy SEAL. He's uh, reluctantly retired. He's a um, medic, got injured, and he's medically retiring after 15 years. But he's got an interesting backstory in that Jed was on a different path in his life until late in high school. Um, he had hoped to become a pastor and he wanted to work with youth, but he encountered something, something very evil that sent his life on a different path. And he left his home, left his family, left his uh, best friend and his girlfriend behind and uh, pursued a career as a Navy SEAL. And so our book opens with, uh, with, a frantic phone call from his best friend that he hasn't seen in 15 years, asking him to help him find his young 12-year-old daughter who has been kidnapped uh, and no one seems to be able to find her. So that's sort of how we launched Jed onto, onto this path uh, that he has to pursue. So he's haunted by demons, like all good, like all good uh, heroes, and uh, he's going to have to find his way back to elements of his past in order to be able to save this girl. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. So this is, you guys, um, it's like a really big genre mash, mashup here. Uh, it's, it's like a police procedure, not a police procedure, but like an investigation type of PI book. Uh, you got the military stuff going on as well. Uh, so, and, and I, I read I read that it's being compared as like Taken meets Stranger Things, which I think is so cool <laughs> and appropriate. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about that, about, about all these different genre mashing that's going on in here? Yeah, this was really, really exciting for us. I mean, Jeff and I have a lot of different interests. As you know, we're sort of frenetic, writing about all kinds of things all the time. Um, so this one was one where we felt like we weren't constrained in any way. We could talk about all the different um, sort of philosophical and theological issues that we chat about, you know, offline. We could put them and work them into the story, but we could also, you know, sort of flex our muscles when it comes to creative um, prose and just creativity in, in the plot. So it was really, really fun to be able to um, work in some of these supernatural spiritual warfare elements, as well as, like you said, you know, there's this whole police element with a missing girl. And, um, you know, as fathers, Jeff and I are both fathers. We both have daughters who are the same age as Sarah Beth. And, uh, you know, that was very visceral for us to write about the situation where, you know, this girl is kidnapped. And I mean, as a father, there's nothing more terrifying than the prospect of one of your children being lost or kidnapped, and you really have, you're powerless to do anything about it. And so we, we harnessed that and tried to put that into the narrative. And I think it brings a different element than uh, what our fans are used to in, in our other series. And we hope that um, that different element resonates with people. Yeah, and I'll add to that, Alan. That was really fun. You know, he mentioned that being dads helped, um, and it did a lot in getting that really emotional uh, response. But the other thing that was sort of unplanned, you know, when we first brainstormed this out, we knew that this was going to be this element, this this kidnapped girl, and the 
unveiling of the reason why she was kidnapped is, you know, something very exciting. But what evolved as we wrote it was we made the decision that we would give that character, we would elevate her into the story and give her a point of view. Uh, and that was a challenge, even having daughters her age, to write a 12-year-old girl POV uh, for two Navy veterans who write military action thrillers. That was a real challenge. And we, I will, I'll be honest, we even leaned in on our daughters a little bit and got them to help us with some of that. But we're really happy with how it turned out, giving her this point of view and that childlike faith of this girl and, and finding her strength to uh, save herself from this horrible situation. I think for me, that was one of the, one of the most fun parts. So the whole genre mishmash was, was exciting and fun. But I think our I think our readers will still find there's plenty of Navy SEAL action and uh, general badassery to be had. So um, we'll we'll see. We're really excited to see what readers think because it is a little bit different for us. Yeah, I finished reading it yesterday. I really do think that it's it, it, that all the action is there. All those all the it, it's all there, like from your other books. So it's it's kind of fun to read something different. Um, but it still's got the stuff that you know that the, that we like to read. Uh, was that a different? Was that a, a balance that you guys had? A were kind of worried about? You know, like you have the it, it, it's it leans more towards the faith based stuff, and then you know, you, but you also have to have the action. Uh, can you talk a little bit about balancing all that? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously in any book that's a challenge. Even you look at Tier One, which is a little more straight up military thriller. We write very character driven stories, as you know, Alan, and so finding that balance between character development in an action series and relationship building in an action series is always a challenge. And there's no question that in this book, bringing in spiritual elements as well, that challenge was a little bit more uh, daunting at first. But honestly, the, the way we approached it is the way we approach most of these things. Let the story tell itself, get the story on the page. If it doesn't feel balanced, that's fixed in edits. Um, and so we just sort of plunged in full force and uh, wrote the best book we can. And when we were done, we found we felt like we found the right balance to certainly after after developmental edits and working with the amazing people at Tyndale House. Uh, we think we got it right. But, yeah, that's always an issue, isn't it, in any book? But bigger here. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's so cool. Like uh, the last time we talked the last year, you've been researching like submarines and talking with admirals and seals. And now I think it's so cool that you that you had to lean on your daughters a little bit for this, uh, for the Sarah <laughs> Beth character. <laughs> it's uh, pretty, pretty awesome. You guys are always doing your research. <laughs> you mentioned before that you've, this is something you guys have been thinking about for a while. I think you mentioned it in, when, we, when we've talked a year or a year and a half ago. Uh, so like, how long has this been on your radar that you've been wanting to write this? And was it exciting to just finally be able to Put it, get it out there finally? I think we started on this book not long after we got to work on tier one. Oh. And yeah, so that that's how long it's sort of been percolating. And it, you know, things with tier one took off and and we went from book to book to book. And and it wasn't really, I think, until after book five, uh, Red Spectre, we sort of were able to take a deep breath and say, you know, I wonder if we could come back to this. And um you know, it's just sort of uh, serendipity, or maybe there's a larger hand at play here. I'll let Jeff tell uh, the story about how this, how the deal came to be. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, it, it it wasn't something that we expected. Let me put it that way. Yeah, that's that's right. It was um it was something that, like I said earlier, we had brainstormed it out. We were really excited about it, but it was in the drawer because 
Tier One was doing great. Sons of Valor had been contracted with Blackstone as well as another project with them. Um, and then Tom Colgan just blessed us with this opportunity to write for the Webb Griffin Estate in the Presidential Agent Series. So we weren't really looking for another another thing to do. And um, like Brian alluded to, it was one of those kind of fell out of the sky things. And I'll let you decide what that analogy or metaphor means here. But um, a friend of ours, very good friend, Josh Hood, who you know or know of, who writes the Treadstone series for um, for Putnam, really good guy, really good friend. And he was flying back uh, from a conference and he was sitting next to a young lady on the plane and they started chatting. And uh, he's a he's a man who's, whose faith is very important to him. And him and this young lady were talking about faith. And then she found out he was a writer. She was like, oh, I actually work for Tyndale House. You know, we were looking for, we're looking at Tyndale to grow our action adventure and thriller line. We're trying to grow our male readership. Would you have anything like that? And Josh being Josh, a very humble guy, he said, oh, no, I don't, I don't have anything like that. But you know what? You should talk to my friends, uh, Jeff and Brian. They have this thing because we had talked to him about it a year earlier. And um, so he called me up when he got on the ground and he said, oh, yeah, no, I had this thing. You'd mind if I pass your contact information? And I was like, yeah, go ahead. But, you know, some <laughs> lady on a plane. Like we didn't really think we didn't really think anything would come of it, but it wasn't two or three days, right, Brian? I mean, it was quick, like a couple, Very of, quick. A couple of days later, we have a, a Zoom call set up with Karen Watson, who's the uh, the publisher for fiction at Tyndale and is now our editor and Jan Stobe. And um, we all got a Zoom call and we talked about this series and what we wanted to do with it. And a couple of days after that, we had a we had a three book deal to write the series. So we weren't we were definitely hoping and praying that we would get to do this series, but it was not even remotely on our radar to do it uh, when, when this deal all came together. So that was kind of fun and exciting. And then of course the ink dries and you're like, and now we have to write these, <laughs> we have to write all these books somehow. We should probably uh, take a really close look at the calendar. No more, <laughs> no more vacations for, ever so <laughs> i mean there's a theme in this book um about uh, struggling with faith um so is that was that an issue that that you guys were wanted were compelled to tackle what where were your feelings about that because I, I found i found that very touching yeah i think early on that was a big that was a big theme for us it was probably the first theme that we really sort of latched onto. and um those are the people that know me well know that i lead a, a men's military ministry you know Brian and I are both military veterans, and I lead a ministry at a very large church in Tampa uh, for a men's group that focuses on just those issues, Alan. Like, I think it's it's really hard to find somebody that's been in combat that has seen some of the horrors of warfare and, and at times seen just things, just the pure evil of what man can do to his fellow man and not struggle with questions of faith and God and deity and, you know, these questions of you know, why would God let this happen? How could there be a loving God and allow this, these horrors to happen? And so it's something that we see very commonly in military veterans struggling to, to uh, answer those questions for themselves. And so that was definitely a theme we wanted. We didn't want a preachy book, though. We don't want a book that's like you feel like you're getting a message. We wanted to do an Andrews and Wilson action novel, but we wanted to pull that theme that was really important in our lives uh, into the book so that at the end you can enjoy the ride and have the entertainment, but maybe you've got something that you can think about, you know, how, 
people that have suffered, not just in the military, but suffered real loss or suffered real trauma, how can they rectify that um, with what they believe about uh, God and the universe? So yeah, that was definitely a, a major theme for us very early on. And so when readers turn to the last page of this book, uh, how do you hope they will feel? Uh, any new ideas or lessons that you hope that they carry with them? I think the main one we hope that they carry with them is that don't be afraid to question yourself, question your faith, think about, reach out to people, get a dialogue going. This, there's too many people that sort of, I think, you know, it, it, I don't want to sound trite, the, the suffering silence, but it's true. People too often try to, they feel like maybe if they internalize all these things, they can sort it out themselves. Maybe they just feel uncomfortable talking about the topic. Maybe they don't know who to reach out to. And I think Jeff's men, men's ministry is a perfect example of, hey, you know, Jeff saw a need that this is something that a lot of servicemen and women weren't comfortable talking about. So he realized, you know, I can start a ministry. I can provide a forum for guys who have thought about these things and really need to get it off their chest or have a sounding board, someone to bounce it off of. And so that, that was kind of the hope for this book is that it will open the door for other people who've thought about these things, wondered about these things maybe been too embarrassed or too afraid or too uncomfortable to talk about them to either reach out to us or, you know, folks in their community or, or, or their friends. I, I was wondering too now, because you guys have been working together for, for a while. You've, uh, you've published many great books. Um, has your process with this whole pandemic that we've been going through this uh, year plus now, is did it change everything or is it pretty much the same for you guys? Cause you guys have different States anyway. So you probably already were doing right. a lot of video chats. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So our, um, you know, I'm not not at all trivializing the, the pandemic. It's been horrible for everybody and our families have been affected as well. But it is a pandemic that was sort of built with Andrews and Wilson in mind because this is what we do anyway. And so the rest of America is now sort of doing what Andrews and Wilson have been doing <laughs> since uh, since five or six years ago. Uh, because Brian lives in Kansas and I'm down in Florida, um, our method has always been very close, intimate collaboration from long distance. And so, you know, daily phone calls, five, six phone calls a day, exchanging emails, doing Zoom conferences. That's our, that's our whole jam. Like that, that's what, that's what we do. That's how we've been creating books for a while. And so um, that definitely uh, made us sort of set up and ready to continue to move at a time when we needed to, because we had, you know, added series to our to our calendar. So that was good. Like everybody, there were, there were challenges, you know, having the kids at home, for example, when you're a full-time writer and you work at home, uh, that's great, but not when all of your children are now suddenly at home with you. And it becomes a little bit of a challenge. Wouldn't you say, Brian, to carve out that quiet time? I mean, we've, Brian has, had, had figured out a whole system with his kids with a stop sign or something. And um, his kids are better trained than mine because my kids were not respectful of that at all. <laughs> yeah. We had a stop sign. We put on the door, a stop sign call means when you see the sign, stop, don't just walk into the office. Like you own the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a, a little darker, but it reminds me of that scene of The Shining, you know, when she interrupts his writing. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Brian never went quite that extreme. <laughs> when you hear the sound. <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so I want to also I want to share with you guys too. I really enjoyed the the Jed Johnson character. Uh, uh, you know, he like 
he had his some his hip issues, some medical issues. Like you guys, it's kind of like different from the usually the 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 more the the perfect type characters you read sometimes in the in in the in the genre. Um, was he based on people that you knew? How did that how did that character come together for you guys? I think these characters are always amalgams of people that we know, and and you know also blended in some of our own personal experiences. You know, 20 years of war for Jed, it was 15 years of deployment after deployment after deployment. You know, you see guys, especially from the special operations community, that is that is really hard on the human body. And, um, you know, in his case, we elevated it. He took a, he actually had a gunshot wound that shattered his hip and was able to rehab back, but never was like he had been before. Um, and so that was definitely intentional. We wanted to show him as a strong, confident man, but broken in so many ways. And so in, in Jed, you have, we, you have this brokenness uh, that he has spiritually, emotionally. He's kind of a loner outside of his team because of this you know, lost relationship and his true love that he's lost. And now we have this physical brokenness. And that was very intentional that we blended this broken man into this character who would need to overcome. And that's the hero's journey, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you want him to have to overcome. Uh, and maybe we, maybe we gave him more, more than was fair to poor Jed, but, um, <laughs> but he seemed to rally. I think he, I think he was able to, to rise to the challenge by the end. And I, I have to ask you guys about the writing in uh, Rev Griffin's universe. How's that been? Uh, how's that going? <laughs> going really well. I mean, the first book, Rogue Asset, was um, something that, you know, when we were asked to, to sort of pick up the mantle, uh, Tom Colgan, who is uh, an amazing editor and genius in the publishing industry, he, he approached us about thinking, you know, he, the way he said it was, I feel like this is the perfect series for you guys to take over the mantle. And, uh, and that was an honor. And um, so we quickly, uh, you know, got our heads together and said, you know, okay, how do we, how do we write uh, these characters in a way that pays homage to, you know, everything that Webb Griffin had done and, and can, can we do this? And, you know, Tom's guidance to us was, you know, don't try to write like Webb Griffin, you know, because you'll fail. Nobody can write like Webb Griffin. What I want you to do is write like Anders and Wilson and tell the best story that you can. And that sort of advice was what we needed. And as soon as we embraced that, you know, it was sort of off to the races. And, um, you know, we've added some new characters to the series. And uh, I think we honored the existing characters, but you're definitely going to see a lot of action and a lot of familiar uh, adrenaline that you would get from, you know, tier one or Sons of Valor. And when is that one coming out, the Rogue Asset? That's coming December 7th. So we're really excited um, to see how it's how it's received. You know, Brian sort of hinted at this a little bit. It, it, it The first reaction is excitement, but the very, very close second reaction is uh, a little bit of overwhelmed uh, by the by, the responsibility of it to to be able to write in in his universe is an honor, but it's intimidating, right? It's really, it's really intimidating. And so having Tom giving us that sage advice of writing as ourselves was a help. I think we also sort of had an advantage of some people that write the in these estate deals because he wanted us to continue the series on. We're not rebooting anything. We're not spinning anything off. We're continuing the the. Uh, the story. And we had this nice gap 
of a number of years from book eight until our book, book nine. And so that afforded us the opportunity to just say, okay, we'll, we'll make that real time. That many years has passed. What's up with Charlie Castile now? What is going on in the world now? There'll be a new president. There's new things and new challenges. And that gave us the opportunity to bring in some new characters. So in a lot of ways, that took some of the pressure off. Um, but it was definitely Tom's guidance that, that got us through it. But it, it was a, it was a little bit of stressful for a while. Don't you think, Brian, like, how do you even do that? Like, yeah, but yeah. So very, very fun. We're excited, really, really excited to see what people think of the book. Yeah. You guys are, are busy, busy there because dark intercept comes out September 7th and the rogue acid in December 7th. I mean, <laughs> you guys get barely getting in their break in there. Yeah. We're sort of in, permanent pre-launch now <laughs> for the next for the next three years or so i guess uh, and what do you guys uh are you are you working on the next uh, shepherd's book now or how, what's the what's the process on that one the timeline on that one the second shepherd's book is written and um the third book is almost finished the um tyndale has been so amazingly supportive we just absolutely love our team over there but one of the things that they decided was that to launch a new series and have it get some traction. Wouldn't it be cool if we could bring the first three books out a little bit closer than the standard 12 months? And so these books are going to come out very close together. Uh, book one comes out in hardcover in, on September 7th. Book two comes out in April. And book three, the following October. So we're going to, in 13 months, release the first three books uh, in that series, which is super, super cool. But it was... Uh, was a little bit busy trying to, <laughs> trying to get it all done. So, um, but that's fun, right? To be able to bring them out quickly like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I find that that's a new thing now. It seems like uh, the yeah, the time between books is getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> it's great for the readers. It's a lot of work, not for the not for the writers, but the production. I think people yeah. people don't don't think about how much goes in. You know, us we write the book and we hand it off to them. And the amount of work that the publisher puts into these things in the production schedule, developmental edits, line edits, covers, blurbs, marketing, promotion, to try to do that for three books from a single author team in 13 months, is it's quite a lift. And so we just feel so blessed that they were willing to invest in us like that. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to have them come out quickly. And do you guys work on like one project at a time or do you like... Are y'all usually working on more than one at, at, at one time? We're always working on more than one at a time because of the way the production cycle works and there's so many phases in the in the process. So, you know, we're, we're, we're never working on more than one draft at a time. But like right now, for example, we're working on uh, the rough draft of the um, third book in the Shepherd series, but we're going to move, we're moving into developmental edits on, on another book. And then, you know, copy edits will come back to us on the second book in um, Shepherd series any day now. So there's always different books at different stages of the production cycle. And so what we have to do is sort of one of us will keep working on the rough draft and, and the other guy will take a turn on DE and then we kick the manuscript over to the other guy and then reverse. And, and that's sort of, sort of how we handle that. That's why it's great having two of us because we can continue to move the, the story forward. And we never have to put down, you know, the work in progress to do line or copy or, or 
developmental edits on on another project we just sort of swap it back and forth and so one of us will take off for a couple weeks work on the edits while the other one keeps moving and you're still talking about that story i don't we've talked before about whether we would be able to write you know two new drafts at the same time and i think that would be a really big challenge because as you know, Alan, because you're a writer, you get into your story, you get into your characters' minds and their lives, and you're and you're there with them, and that's what allows you to tell the story. And I'm not sure how you can be in two places at one time. I'm not. I think there would be a little bit of bleed over, at least for me, uh, of their of their lot, their story, and their their emotions and their character. So I, I know people have done it, and maybe we could do it. I hope we don't ever have to find out. Yeah, and I'm kind of uh, curious too because I, I know we've discussed this before. Because uh, uh, when you guys were here before, before in case someone hasn't listened to the other uh, interviews, uh, could you just a little briefly just share how you guys work together? Because it's so fascinating and cool, and uh, uh, how you guys uh, work as a team. Can you can you share a little bit about that process? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we are true collaborators. It's not a situation like maybe some authors where you know there's one lead and. And they're sort of taking a managerial role and maybe a younger author or aspiring author is sort of writing the, you know, learning their chops under the tutelage of the other. Ours is very much a 50-50 partnership. And because we write third-person, multi-character point of views, it really affords us the ability to divvy up the chapters based on POV. And so what we do is we write in the three-act structure and we start out with our act one and we sort of map out through a big fun brainstorming session. Okay, this is sort of where we think this book is going to go. Jeff mentioned that what if question earlier. That's really that's really the inciting event for for not only for the book, but for our process. So we come up with that what if question that sort of drives our brainstorming. And then, you know, we, we figure out what the different characters are going to be that have a POV and we divvy them up. And so we're both writing at the same time. Jeff's writing one character, I'm writing another. And as we go along, we take turns uh, moving into the different characters' headspace. All the while, we're swapping the chapters back and forth, for giving the other guy an opportunity to read and edit the work as we go. It's a really cool way to do it. It's a lot of fun. The, the challenge is to make sure that both of us are able to get into the mind of each character, right? So um, while we'll split things up by point of view, as Brian said, that doesn't mean that I write all of the Kelso Jarvis and he writes all of the Chunk Redman and I write Lizzie or whatever. We will maybe, you know, since we're doing the three act structure, like he said, maybe in act one, I'm going to write all of the Dempsey and he's going to write all of the Dan Munn or whatever. When that happens, we're very intentional about in the next act swapping those. But more importantly, even if I've written, read or written the first draft of chapter three, the very next thing that happens is Brian completely rewrites it and I rewrite his stuff. And so it really does feel like we're both writing all of it. It's hard, it's hard to explain, but by doing it that way, I really feel like we both have our hands on everything all the time. And it feels like our product. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and 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 great books you guys put right together. So yeah, it's a a, a heck of a team. <laughs> uh, Dark Intercept uh, comes out September seventh. So really uh, uh, recommend uh, this is going to be airing on September seventh. So you guys, it's it'll be available by then. So go pick it up because it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, great read. Uh, where can the, uh, so the listeners uh, find you? What's your website again? Andrews-Wilson.com. Real easy to remember. And there's links to all the different series. 
Um, there's a newsletter people can subscribe to because obviously we have a lot going on right now. But one thing that's really fun that we added is uh, we've given the opportunity. We have a, a reader page where people can submit their own stories about the their engagement with our books or pictures or things where they were, you know, where we've met them and that kind of thing. So we post pictures and such, but we're really encouraging our readers to get involved on our website and send stuff in. And a lot of people have, so that's really fun. But andrews-wilson.com takes you to the main website and you can find everything you need from there. All right, uh, Jeff and Brian, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. I uh, really enjoyed uh, catching up with you guys again. Oh, that was great. Yeah, always good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you for listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers. Or if this episode's guest is new to you, I hope you give their books a chance. Helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast. As always, you can head over to thrillerauthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in thriller and mystery books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at thrillerauthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this show. If you have done that already, I thank you. I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more, uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links. All my links will be uh, on that uh, page. So that's it for this episode. Uh, See you next time and stay safe out there.